the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show, hour two on this hump day. Thanksgiving Eve, boy, do I have much to be thankful for in spite of all the craziness happening around me. Uh, I am the most blessed, (laughs) the most blessed woman on the planet. At least I feel that way sometimes because, you know, it's, it's true. People, the most, I think some of the most impoverished Americans still live better than most people around the world. But that doesn't mean that times aren't tough for many in this country, and they are. So I'm especially grateful for how easy I have it compared to most people. And I'm so blessed to be able to hang with you guys every night of the week uh, to to share this time with you guys. I feel like we're we're in this season. The Lord picked us to be in this season for a reason. And uh, I, and I'm just going to enjoy every dang minute of it, especially with this man every night of the week. Of course, I'm talking about DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon, like a dungeon dragon, high heat. Sesame Broccolini. Listen, you're you are so right, though, because. Honestly, the the economic turmoil is is no laughing matter. Um, right. It really is not. We've hollowed out the middle class in this country, and really the soul of America. And, and that's that's tough. Having said that, there are a lot of people who have material possessions, who are wealthy, who are having spiritual crises of mm. faith, who are spiritually yep. bankrupt, who are leading lives of sin, and you you don't take these fancy possessions with you into the kingdom of heaven. Um, But you are responsible for everything that you do here and how your actions impact other people. So especially this season, let's just, you know, charity is, is, is a good thing to remind people to do. And just one random act of kindness every single day. I try to do that to myself. And I just, especially during the giving season. So I don't know that that's something I want to call attention to. We, that's something we can do as individuals. It's, it doesn't take much and you can really change somebody's whole world just with one single act of kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how do I transition from that to talking about uh, Israel? I guess I guess it's just about feeling blessed. I don't know why. One of my questions, one of the, the mysteries of life is why some people suffer more on this earth. We all suffer at some point in some way. Uh, nobody gets through this life unscathed and it's because there is sin in the world. And I don't know why some people suffer more than others. Uh, what I do know is that we worship a Lord of mercy. Uh, there was, I guess, some good news today for those with loved ones that are being held hostage by terrorists in Gaza. 
the there has been a deal that has been reached between Israel and Hamas that they will release 50 hostages. I, I don't think we have an exact number of how many were taken. Uh, it was approximately over 200, somewhere between 200 and 250. So a deal has been reached. Uh, that if Israel would do a four-day, and, and I'm not sure it's really clear, four-day ceasefire maybe, but I've also heard the word cessation bantied around. But let's say it's a four-day, for four days Israel would do nothing by way of bombing, they will release 50 hostages. <sighs> is that good news? It is if you're one of the 50 families that is going to get a family member out. Long-term, bigger picture, does it accomplish anything bigger picture for the issue? No, it really doesn't. And that's one reason why Benjamin Netanyahu said today that it will not change their goal. Some people are skeptical whether or not Israel should have even bothered with this because in that four days, it, it, it allows them to reconstitute. We've seen tunnels where they have, you know, been operating under hospitals in mosques. We've all known that, you know, the, the videos that have come out are just proof of that. And, you know, they're, you know, the United States position until Barack Obama and uh, Joe Biden was that you don't negotiate with terrorists at all. And there's a reason for that, because it only continues to weaken your position and then more of your own citizens die in the end. All that being said, I'm grateful for the 50 families that are going to get a loved one back. I don't know if it's going to be the eight-year-old daughter uh, of a man who was interviewed by Gail King, Oprah's best friend on a hosting a morning show, asking a man whose eight-year-old daughter is being held hostage by terrorists who rape little girls. I mean, these terrorists have the ideology. You know, think about this. One of the we haven't even mentioned this. You know, we talk about queers for Palestine. You know, that are just the, the insanity of the left. Uh, you know, we, we also don't talk about these women, you know, supposedly caring about humanity. you got to stop the bombing. How, how many times has that eight-year-old little girl been raped by these Islamic terrorists? Because in Islam, uh, girls are of marriageable age at, what, eight or nine? That's the ideology going on here. Uh, so hopefully he's going to get be one of the families that gets, you know, all... It, all the children, of course, should be released. We don't know if that's going to be the case. But then today, we've got another bozo. Unfortunately, she shares my name, uh, who had a, uh, who had somebody from uh, Israel on, somebody from, I believe, the Israeli government on uh, to talk about, it's a Netanyahu advisor to talk about this peace deal. And uh, right out the gate, she completely insults him and tries to act as though Israel is as bad as Hamas. Ask me if you can play this clip. What would Israel consider a violation of the deal? Uh, because there's so little trust. These are two enemies uh, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> you know, there, there is no confidence between the two parties. So what would be a violation? There could be a lone actor. There could be a Palestinian Islamic Jihad or, frankly, a militant on either side trying to wreck the agreement. Um, so no one, no one on our side is going to try to wreck the agreement. Let's be clear about that. But, but let's, the basis of the agreement is that there's a cessation, a pause in the violence uh, uh, for the duration of those four days that has been agreed to. And uh, uh, Hamas uh, has in, committed itself to that. And if that is violated, that's a major problem. And, of course, uh, they have committed to release 
50 people. And that is their commitment. That is their obligation. And that's what we're expecting. Sesame Broccolini. What, what, what if a militant on either side? You know, they're constantly trying to indoctrinate the American people and speak to the low information idiots, the queers for Palestinian peeps, uh, that there is some form of equivalency going on here. Yeah, look, well, a few things can be true at the same time. First of all, there is no moral equivalency between the Israeli government, the U.S. government, and Hamas, um, which says in its founding charter written in 1987 that their whole explicit goal is to quote-unquote liberate people, and for them, liberation means genocide. It means ethnic cleansing. It means targeting the Israeli people. It means targeting non-combatants. It also means using the people in Gaza, the civilians, as human shields as we've been talking about. So that that's true. That's the first truth here um, for this truth's giving. Second of all, the, the second truth bomb here that we have to drop is the fact that we have a very real question here about how to proceed with this ceasefire and whether or not it's really a good thing. I mean, my gut reaction is that it is a good thing. I don't want to negotiate with terrorists. I don't want to, to acknowledge them or give them that, that, you know, validity. Um, at the same time, though, we have people who are who are being held hostage, and if we can bring even fifty people home, then we should. Um, I, for me, at least, that's that's a clear that's something that we should be doing. I think that's a win. If we can get fifty people rescued, that's a win. Um, having said that, I don't know what the next move is from there, and I don't know if a ceasefire mm-hmm. is too risky because it does give them time to recoup and recover, yeah. but it gives you and your guys time to do the same. So there's True. a cost-benefit here that I don't really understand, and it's a tough decision for them. I mean, the IDF's going to have to decide. BB's going to have to make a tough decision here. It's it's Strategically, it's, it's not an easy play, but I do think that if you can bring 50 people home, then you should. And that's something that you can do quickly. And I, I, again, you have to take that, though, with a grain of salt, because I don't know if Hamas is going to follow through on that. I don't know if people have been released or what that timetable looks like. So that's the big question is, is this actually going to happen? Um, yeah, because that I don't know if we can trust what they say or if this is just a way to bait the Israeli government into a into a period yeah. of lull or peacetime. Um, yeah, because what happens premise, when right? it gets to yeah, when it gets to day four and a half and right. they haven't released anybody yet. And then it's like, well, give us another day. You know, see, that's the trap you right. fall into. If they were serious, if this was if this was a true act of goodwill, why wouldn't they release all of them? At some point, Israel is either going to fulfill their goal which means it could result in the loss of some of these hostages for the greater good. That's what happens in war. When we lose our own soldiers, when we go to war, we know that we are going to lose our citizens. We don't know how many, but there are risk assessments. If we take this hill here, we can expect, given how many are over there, we can expect to lose X number. You're making a decision that you are going to suffer some loss of life in order to stop an even greater loss down the road. And unfortunately, uh, you know, that that's the whole point of them. The entire point of them offering up 50 people is so that they can bait Israel and keep Israel to, to, to force them to back off. And I'm look, I'm not I'm just telling you from a strategy standpoint what's going on. I don't know what I would do. I would probably I would I would like you, I'd probably take the 50 terrorist, uh 50 uh hostages being released. But at some point, I mean, this is a game of chicken. And at some point, 
you 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 have to make a, a bigger decision. It's why you don't it's why you don't pay ransoms. And that may sound terrible, but um you, look, when we dropped a bomb in Nagasaki and Hiroshima, we knew we were going to kill children and elderly and women and a whole lot of civilians, and it saved the lives of millions. That's just a different perspective to put out there. because, And the reason why I'm saying that is because Israel right now is having to make these calculations and these decisions. And if they decide that they are going to go balls to the walls to try to once and for all end this, because Hamas comes out every day and says from the river to the sea. They, and we hear that chanted here in the States. And now it's here because this is a battle against Western civilization. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We are in this battle. We are in this war. Are we in it to win it? Look at how many Americans died in Afghanistan and in Iraq because we were, because our rules of engagement were set up to play nice. And it only ended up costing us too many lives. I don't know the answers. I'm just giving you perspective and and strategy and that I support Israel whatever choice they make is what I'm trying to say. Would you still support Israel if they decided to resume, if they don't get these 50 out? And let's say they get the 50 out. Are they supposed to continue the ceasefire until they get the rest? And then that just get buys more and more and more time and then they can drag it out for months. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, here's, look, I, I number one, I stand with with the Israeli government and it's right, to, the, the state of Israel, it's right to exist. Um, and of course, the Jewish people around the world, wherever they live. Um, and of course, this is also an attack on Western civilization. The big mm-hmm. question I think is, well, it's really a tightrope. It's it's a careful balancing yeah. act because yep. here's the thing. It's an attack on the Western world, but it's not necessarily – the front lines aren't necessarily in the Western world, which is to say that Israel right. is behind enemy lines. They're surrounded by people who hate them and who and some of whom want, want to see them killed and, and uh, completely. And that's to say that Israel is on one hand trying to quash Hamas and protect its own people, but without necessarily starting – a larger conflict in that region that might involve Houthis in Yemen, uh, many different Iranian proxies, including Hamas and Hezbollah, both of whom could attack from different sides at the same time and wage multiple fronts. So Israel's doing a very careful thing here where they have to, they have to count every decision. They have to think ahead and they have to think what is the ripple effect yeah. and how is this going to factor out 20, 30 years from now? And what, what precedent are we setting? So I, I think some people want really, really quick action immediately and some people want to cease fire and i think it's just tough i mean i'm going to support them no matter what they do i am going to stand by bb and, and no matter what he does because i think he will make the right decision and no matter regardless of what he decides to do i will stand by israel um mm-hmm. because i think ultimately that the, they're on the side of what is right and what is just and i think hamas yes. started a, started this fight um and they slaughtered 1400 people um civilians mercilessly and they're using the language of liberation and decolonization to do it so i'm 100 percent on board with quashing them i just don't know what that looks like as far as time frame and how severe they can be and when and i don't know if appeasement's a factor here with ceasefires and agreeing to not bomb them i I don't know if we should turn up the pressure or if we should bring things down a notch and bring people home I don't have the answers. I, I don't know what BB's thinking, but I'd be very curious to know what he is planning to do um, in, the, in mm-hmm. the coming days and, and the clock's ticking. There's not a lot of time here, right. so this is really, well, really urgent. 
Yeah. I'd like to hear from you guys. Email me, andreakshow.com. Andreakshow.com. What do you think Israel should be doing? Should they be uh, negotiating uh, like this, offering a ceasefire for four days uh, for these 50? Should should they have said, we're not doing anything unless we get all 250? Uh, what do you think they need, should be doing next in terms of a resumption? Uh, what are your thoughts? Email me, andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Great discussion, Sesame. And these are things we got to talk out. And, you know, and, and figure it out because, you you know, there is a there is a greater war happening. This is not just a, a, a small time battle for them. This is a greater war. All right. We're going to shift gears when we come back. We're going to take it all the way to the Vatican. Uh, let's let's talk ladies who lunch today, shall we? Stay tuned. A.K. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Y'all have heard that old expression, "ladies who lunch," right? I mean, these are your. You know, your uh, aristocratic ladies whose husbands are out as captains of industry and they're dressed to the nines and their pearls in uh, French manicured nails and they're meeting up to, you know, sip French onion soup, right, and champers. Um, well, today there was a little gathering that gave a whole new meaning to the term ladies who lunch. And even I was surprised by this one. And maybe Sesame, DJ Sesame Broccolini can help, you know, make this make sense to me because the Vatican invited a busload of biological males uh, called trans women to the Vatican for a lunch today. Sesame Broccolini, what the actual, huh? Yeah, it's so weird to me, too, because I, I don't know. I just don't understand why the Catholic Church and it's and its highest ranking officials as a, as a catholic myself keeps endorsing and embracing lifestyles and values that run so counter to everything that Christ actually st- stood for and and, and preached and the, everything the catholic church has traditionally i just don't understand it maybe maybe i, I don't know if it's an attempt to be political but it, it's i tell you what it's very frustrating for me because anytime I want the church to stand with the pro-life movement or something, people say, oh, you know, separation of church and state, leave politics out of the church. But I go to mass on Sunday and they're talking about the people of Gaza and how they're being victimized, but they say nothing about Israel. And it boils my blood. So I, the church keeps saying, oh, we don't, we, we don't want to get political. We don't want to get political. But then they, they bend the knee to the left-wing cause, to the rainbow mafia, to the green mafia, to the climate cult. I, I, I don't know if, if it's just a, a way to sort of <laughs> come through this cultural revolution unscathed. But it, it's or maybe the institution's just been compromised, or maybe it's just Pope Francis. I don't know what it is. I don't want to disrespect him or the or the church in any way. But I just I, I do not like what this guy stands for. I don't like what this current pope is doing with the church. Um, it's really yeah, really I disturbing mean, to me. It, yeah, it is disturbing. To, I mean, to see a, you know a pope sitting next to, you know, a, a, a biological male calling himself a woman is an affront to Christ. Uh, would Christ be sitting there? Yes. Um, and he would be lecturing them and he'd be talking about how they need to turn away from sin. 
He wouldn't be sitting there with lunch, uh, having lunch with them for the purpose of validating uh, this. We were, I don't even want, we don't need to get all biblical and start quoting scripture, um, but there is absolutely nothing biblical about this. And this comes, in fact, um, the 46 year old sex worker, it wasn't even just transgender sex workers. When Christ came across a woman of ill repute, he told her to turn away from her sins. Here we see Carla Segovia, 46 year old sex worker from Argentina saying we train uh, and it's a training. We transgenders in Italy feel a bit more human because of the fact that Pope brings us closer to the church um, is a beautiful thing. Um, well, f- fine if you want to welcome them into the church and saying God loves you and we're praying for you and accept Jesus Christ as your savior and turn away from your sins and be, you know, baptized and be reborn into Christ, but not validating what's going on here. Yeah. But, yeah. Re- but this, and this comes on the heels of, of uh, the Vatican declaring that trans people can now be baptized and become godparents. This is there. This is not biblical. But it's also not the the Catholic Church isn't the only church that is um, kowtowing to this movement, and it's a part of Marxism. Uh, when has Stephen Furtick from Elevation Church ever done a ever done a sermon about this and about these issues? No. No, he may not be bringing them there and embracing them and holding them up as, you know, a a part of, you know, what's acceptable, Um, but ignoring this issue and ignoring that there's sin and not talking to people about their sin and acting as though it's all okay um, is is just as bad, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it is. And and honestly, look, this whole lunch thing it, maybe this is just w- the way i see it but you're basically what you're doing is inviting the work of the devil into the church yes. of god and what yes. i need to say in one way is that this whole transgender movement is based on this false premise that man can somehow become woman and that woman can mm-hmm. somehow become man and that is not true so celebrating that is a war against god's created reality natural yeah. law the ways of the world and so when you bring those when those people come to the Vatican it'd be different if you wanted to meet with them and discuss the inner demons they're wrestling with and come at this from a mental health yes. standpoint or something yes. or a spiritual health and bring them back into the fold but this and whole idea that you're going to yeah. literally just invite the work of the antichrist into God's home in the name of inclusion or something is taking everything that the church stands for charity love acceptance things that are inherently good but then weaponizing them just to make yes. people who are really honestly struggling mentally and spiritually feel better about something that is not a desirable state i i, I can't think of a natural situation in which a man really wants to be a, a be a woman i mean gender affirming care means you tell the biological males they're men embrace yourself yes. and the same for women that's what really gender affirming care looks like right and to baptize somebody in this as though that's valid is is to basically you know um alters it not I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to phrase this I, i'm trying to be careful um it's it's to basically send a message that this is it is now biblical and that it's condoned and it's to it's to um, edit the Bible and scripture in a way 
uh, that is perverse. It's a perversion of the Bible. And uh, do, you know, if he was praying with them and offering them love and asking them to turn away from their sins, I would, I would think that this was a good idea. Um, But it's not, that's what's not going, that's not what's going on here. And this is all predicted in the end times that, you know, what was good will, you know, what is evil will now be considered good. And there's none are so blind as those who, who won't see. And that's what's happening here. So, and this is clearly, you know, Pope Francis is a Marxist and let this be no doubt that this LBGT movement is a, is part of the Marxist cult, cultural Marxist movement to destroy the fabric of not just our nation, but the world. I mean, we're spending taxpayer dollars as a U.S. government going into traditionally conservative Latin Catholic countries to try to indoctrinate them into this. We're, you know, the left loves to accuse the United States of being colonialist, right? Who are trying to force our culture on other people. And, but yet they're happy to have taxpayer dollars used to try to force this on other nations. It's an abomination, an absolute abomination. Let's take a break from this. And did you guys hear that a former uh, uh, advisor for Obama has been arrested in New York uh, and is being looked at for hate crimes? We're going to play the audio for you, and uh, then Sesame Broccolini and I are going to discuss it. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. There was a guy who worked uh, in the Obama regime. His name is Stuart Seldowitz. Uh, he uh, was arrested in uh, New York yesterday. Uh, he was uh, harassing a halal food cart, food cart in Manhattan. Um, he is has been fired from Gotham Government Relations, which is a prominent lobbying firm in the two thousands. He worked as a deputy director and senior senior political officer in the Office of Israel and Palestinian Affairs and as an acting director for the National Security Council's South Asia Directorate under the Obama administration. So we're going to play you the clip, not all of it, because this went on for, I don't know, five minutes or so. But we want you to hear a little bit of what Stuart Seldowitz was saying to this food cart worker. And then um, Sesame and I will discuss. To my friends in immigration. Really? Okay, go, yeah. And to the Egyptian, uh, the Muhabarat wants your picture. Okay, yeah, go. Yeah? You know the Muhabarat? Hmm? The Muhabarat. No, I don't know. You don't know? I just speak English. No? Yeah, go, the yeah. Muhabarat in, in Egypt will get your parents. Go, go, go. Does yeah. your father like his fingernails? They'll, they'll take them out one by one. Yeah, go, go. Why should I go? Why should I go? Tell me why I should go. I'm standing here. I'm an American. I have free. It's a free country. It's not like Egypt. Just smile for me. Mm-hmm. He's trying to take his picture. <laughs> did you rape your daughter like Muhammad did? Hmm? Did you rape your daughter like Muhammad? I speak English. You only speak English? No, speak English. No. You don't speak English? Yes. 
couple thoughts here. Um, he has been arrested, like I said. Um, let's see if he's been charged with anything yet. Um, uh, I don't see what he's been charged with yet. He's been, he's been arrested. They're looking at him for hate crimes. Um, I, I think what he's saying, here's a couple of thoughts. I think what he's saying is despicable. You know, do you rape your daughter like Muhammad did? Um, you know, you say that to the wrong, you know, Muslim and you're going to take a bullet between the eyes. Um, remember people have literally been killed here in the United States for cartoons of Muhammad. Uh, remember the France terrorist attack that had to do with a newspaper over there that did a cartoon of Muhammad. Um, uh, one of the, one of the things that's interesting about this is that this food worker was videotaping him the entire time. The food worker is telling him, no, I don't speak English when he clearly does. He knew everything that this man was saying. Uh, this, this food worker was, was smart enough to understand how to use our own laws against this jerk of a former Obama regime advisor. Um, I think one of the things that stands out to me as well is that clearly this guy thought that he could just say whatever he was going to want to say and would suffer no consequences because he's a Democrat, right? Uh, when the reality is uh, the Democrats have partnered with the Islamists, and so they were going to come for him. Uh, your thoughts, Sesame? Well, the first thing I want to know is where is all the uh, all the talk from the Biden administration about Islamophobia? and inclusivity um and hate crimes because this is and this is a serious thing because i mean i'm not saying we need to bust out hate speech laws and i certainly don't think that this is a a legal violation in that sense but it certainly is immoral i mean this guy sounds like a clown he sounds like a real jerk um and i'm I'm glad this vendor didn't give into give into anything because clearly this guy was trying to bait the street vendor into some kind of altercation um, and I'm so glad that it did not end up in some sort of altercation. Having said that, this this guy in a different situation, those are fighting words, just so nasty and unbecoming, especially from someone. I know he served was you know working for Obama or with Obama, but that's still a U.S. government official. So that's just embarrassing, and and I don't know again where what the current administration thinks about it or anything but this is this is disgusting and this is coming from the party that espouses yeah. all day long love and we have to protect the the islamic community especially in the wake of islamic terror attacks um on unsuspecting christians or or jewish people so it's it's very very telling to me i don't know if it's a freudian slip or more of an indulgence like this guy is a secret closeted sort of um I don't even know if it's really necessarily racist. I think he was just trying to find. No, because anybody can join. Anybody can yeah, become like, Muslim. So, yeah. And, but I, yeah. I also don't think here's something that I find is interesting as well is I do think that that it was the food cart worker who ended up baiting him because now it's the food cart worker that won. This guy's lost his job. He's even though I don't know if any crime that he's committed, he's now being looked at for a hate crime. What crime did he commit? It is not against the law to say stupid crap to people. No, it's and not. And to make ugly, ugly comments. So, in fact, you know, I, I'm angry at this man because he's fed the left and he's fed, you know, he, he, you know, he allowed this, this guy keeps saying, oh, no, speak English. He spoke English. 
he was smarter than this this loudmouthed idiot who allowed himself to be played by the food worker who you know used who understood well clearly uh, the laws of the United States and was able to use it against him. So this well, but is so did this guy then. I mean, this this yeah. former national security. He knew he walked right into this trap. He laid the yeah. trap. He picked this fight. So I don't know. It's just I know he's losing his job, and I don't I don't I don't think there's anything illegal that happened. But he made his bed. He should lie in it. You want to say horrible things like oh, that, I agree. And knowing in this environment that you could be recording. It's like don't say anything that your parents want to be proud of you for saying. Don't say anything that God want to be proud of you for saying. Like this, he. I, I'm not saying we need to start canceling people or anything like that, but. If if there were consequences with his employment because he because th- this is kind of revealing about it, just his overall character. I don't know. Maybe there were other problems oh, already, did, and there yeah. were other questions. And right, I don't look. Right. Look, this I vendor mean, did bait him a little bit, but it's also like you walk up to somebody and you say something like that, and you think you can do it without consequence. It's not illegal. You're not violating. It's not an assault, but. That you can't just walk around and say stuff like that and expect to live in some scot free oh, world absolutely. where there's no consequence. Like I like get the out consequences. Of here. There should be consequences. I think it's perfect that he lost his job. I don't think uh, it's criminal. And it's de- because, right. Right. Because and, – and when I say bait, what I mean is uh, I do think he he didn't pick the fight, uh, the food worker, but he was smarter than the, the um, foul mouth – uh, Obama regime worker um, because this guy was pretending he didn't speak English while he's videotaping this guy running off at the mouth. And so this guy, because he, and this guy literally um, believed this worker that he didn't speak English and just continued to use it against him while this worker is just like, uh huh, uh-huh, yeah, just speak him out, <laughs> go, you know, go while recording him. And then he goes and gives it to the cops. And, you know, it was just stupid. This is in New York, it was right? Absolutely stupid. Yeah, I thought New Yorkers were smart. Was it this a- dude is dumb as an absolute stump, this guy, Stuart. He should go viral. We used to shun people like this in society, right? So he deserves to be shunned. He deserves to be fired. And so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're on the same page here. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're in we, agreement. We're in agreement. And but and 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 it makes me angry because because this food worker is smart and knew how to play this whole thing out. This is more fodder for hate speech legislation when when speech should never be considered criminal. Exactly. That's where I. That's where we also agree. I don't want to see us open the door to hate speech laws. I I am totally look. You have a God given right to speech. That I, I'm, and I'm willing to to accept the fact that that means there are going to be people saying things that I don't like and things that I don't want to hear, and people will mm-hmm. say nasty things because this is a fallen world and man chooses sin, um, and and men can be and w- mankind can be horrible and nasty like that. But we can also mm-hmm. use it for good, and I'm okay with accepting yeah. the fact that there's a range of outcomes and that's fine. So I certainly do not want this to open the conversation to hate speech laws because you see that kind right. of stuff in Europe, and now it's a crime to misgender somebody that cannot happen here we cannot let that kind of thinking come into this country because that will be the end of america that is the police state at maximum capacity because now you can't even express yourself without the approval of the regime and that is game over i mean you've lost the republic the whole the whole plot at that point so that's Mm -hmm. where that's the problem i certainly would not i don't know if this situation is going to lead there but that's where progressives i just do not 
I, I really severely I just think it's so antithetical to the First Amendment to start saying mm-hmm. that speech is a criminal as if you don't as if you have a human right to not hear things that you don't want to hear and to control the way that people express themselves. Um, that That is certainly not the case. So. And I also don't know if, if New York is a one-party can state law when it comes to filming people like that in public, but you're in the town square, you say something like that, there are going to be ramifications. I'm not saying we have to cancel them or anything, but I do think that it would make sense that maybe some people want to distance themselves because that's mm-hmm. just not a good show of character. And it goes to show the kind of people that Barack Obama was surrounded with. I mean, gosh, yeah. if you're looking for any more reason not to like Barack Obama, look at the people that yeah. he was closest to. Look at the people that he were in his administration because you'll find a lot of nasty characters. Al Sharpton. Totally um, <laughs> the Muslim Brotherhood. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's a long <laughs> list. I mean, just liberalism is nasty. It's, it's the politics of hate, intolerance, bigotry, discrimination, misery, greed, envy, all of it sense of entitlement, uh, just absolutely miserable people. Case in point, Susan Sarandon. Have you heard about this this week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard. <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite stories. So Susan Sarandon, oh, the legend that she is. Uh, so she uh, doing her best to, you know, compete with Jane Fonda or to replace Jane Fonda as the most odious actress in history. Uh, although really, uh, this still isn't as bad as Hanoi Jane, <laughs> but Susan Sarandon, um, was at some, um, protest in, excuse me, in New York city. And, um, so she went on to say at this protest that uh, if Jews are scared in the United States, then they're just getting a taste of how it feels to be Muslim in America. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she has been uh, uh, Sister S- Susan Sarandon. Uh, she has been fired from her agency. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. She's been fired from her agent uh, agency UTA, which is a major Hollywood agency. Uh, after she made such a comment, so um, I'm grateful for UTA today for giving Susan Sarandon the bootage. All right, final segment of the Andrea K Show coming up. Don't go away. AK Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. If you miss any part of tonight's show, download the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, we've had some interesting discussions tonight about the ceasefire and what Israel's next move should be, uh, resumption of uh, their hostilities and bombings to destroy Hamas. We've been talking about the, the ladies who lunch, the trans biological men at the Vatican and more. Uh, now we've got some good news. Miss Susan Sarandon. So she's at a rally in November 17th in, in New York City and dares to say that it, it, regarding Jews being scared to be in the U.S. today, that now they know what it's like to be Muslim and American in America. She has since been fired by United Talent, which is run by, 
by a Jewish man named Jeremy Zimmer. <laughs> so see, this is kind of like we were talking about consequences, right? Uh, you say dopey stuff, you know, your boss has a right to fire you over it. In this case, these are the people that negotiate and get her work, okay? And, and in fact, her, her comments were so bad that a Muslim American named Asra Nomani tweeted, Hi there, Susan Sarandon. This is my mom, my dad, and me on the rail trail in Morgantown, west of uh, uh, by, uh, God, uh, Virginia. Let me tell you what it means to be Muslim. Uh, there are a lot of people that are afraid to be Jew. Uh, let me give you a taste. Oh, hang on. Now I've lost where it went. Um, and she goes on to talk about, you know, how he's gone on to her parents came here and they've gone on to, you know, live a great life here in the United States of America. And she went to West Virginia University and da, 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 da. So when you have been called out by a Muslim American for how her parents coming here from uh, India as Muslims and were able to find success, you've been cold flat busted. Okay. And, and one of the things that I thought of is the fact that she operates in Hollywood, right? I don't know if she lives in L.A. anymore, but for decades, everybody has known about the Persian population in L.A., all the rich Persians that came here after the Shah fell. We've got tons of them. Half my neighborhood in La Jolla are Persian-Americans, and I, and I, you know, I love them, uh, and they love to talk to me about Ronald Reagan, right, and how they become naturalized citizens in America and voted for Ronald Reagan, right? They've, you, they have enjoyed and benefited from our free market capitalist system. They, you know, they, they do not, they certainly not only do not feel like they've been subjugated and mistreated here in the United States of America, um, but they have, they have just, you know, in, lived glorious lives like in Beverly Hills. Doesn't she, isn't she aware of a little TV show on Bravo called the Shaws of Sunset? I mean, just, you know, I'm glad she got hoisted on her own petard. Your thoughts, Sesame. Oh, I'm glad too. It's just, uh, look, I, I didn't like her before this. I still don't like her. Thank nice job United actually for uh, for ditching her. That's a giant talent agency. Um, so so good job for just standing by your principles. That's what you have to decide in, in today's times. Do you really want to stand by your principles and your values? And if so, what does that mean? Who do you want to associate with? And clearly, United does no longer no longer wants to represent this client. And I say more power to them. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there was a, a hostage who died, who, who died, who was 88, 86 years old. And this person quoted, uh, tweeted, someone please inform actress Susan Sarandon that she can open a good bottle of wine and celebrate by a private pool. Another death of a Jewish grandpa, uh, the Hamas, which she supports proudly in its terror action, actions, just announced that one of the hundreds of innocent Israelis they kidnapped, 86 year old Aray Zalmanovich, was killed in captivity. Does this please you, Susan? Does it fill your heart with joy? Please let us know. She might be on the level of Hanoi Jane. She just might be despicable. All right. I received a question from a listener about, um, it was Sean, and he says, congrats on the cake review from the Tall Sesame. And it was yummy cake. Anyway, um, today multiple radio shows were hosting the best side dish for tea uh, day. Winners, of course, for the tie. Uh, stuffing and mashed with butter. What about you? Which side dish are you pushing for the number one spot as a side dish for Thanksgiving Day? Uh, it's got to be cornbread dressing. Now, southern cornbread dressing is not like anything that you would ever see uh, at, at most uh, what's considered stuffing. It doesn't even resemble it. Uh, if you've never had it, you've got to experience it sometime in your life. Sesame broccolini, best side dish. 
sweet potato pie. There is nothing Ooh. else like some sweet potato casserole. I um, I just can't have enough of it. Yep, I'm with you there. That's my number two. All right, you guys have a fantastic, wonderful Thanksgiving. And Sesame Broccolini, so thankful for you. Appreciate you and all your hard work. And tomorrow night's Andrea K. Show will be on at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.